Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. to be here this morning. Um, we're going to be away for um, a bit visiting family. So yeah, it's a blessing to be here for Olaas for this year. Um, some of you may know we've uh, bought a, well, the property we're in is quite old. So that means that now and again stuff just breaks. So this last week or so, I was replacing some things on the pipes around the swimming pool. And then when I switched on the pump again, water was just spraying out of all places where it shouldn't be spraying. <laughs> it's not very encouraging. But anyway, so then we had a big new water feature that uh, we didn't know we had before. And... Uh, any case, so that took some time to figure that out because I'd never done that before. Just don't know what, where that happened. And so, hallelujah, we managed to figure it out and redirect the water to the right place. So, hallelujah. So, yeah, so we don't have the water feature anymore, but um, at least the water is going where it's supposed to go. It's important these, uh, this time of year to, to, use, to have a swimming pool that works, I mean. Anyway, what a blessing. Appreciate that, um, and uh, yeah, I do hope everybody gets a chance to have a good rest. And uh, I just want to continue where I left off a little bit uh, two weeks ago, and uh, and you know we look at this image, and sometimes when you're climbing a hill or on a journey, it's it's important to look back, not. Because you want to go back, because, but because you, so you it's, kind of, it's important to see how far you've come. Amen? And if you, if you, you know, sometimes you, if you're climbing a hill, um, they call it a false summit. You think, Yo, this, is, this, is the, this is the last bit. You know, I can see the top. And you're like, put all your effort in and you hang in there. And then you get there and then you realize, oh, no. There's a, you, you, it was hidden from your side, but there's a bunch. It's quite a lot more to go. It's, but it, typically, that's a good place to, to look back and just at least see, okay, but I have actually made some progress. And we, we looked at how important it is at the end of the year to, to spend time reflecting on the faithfulness of God. I mean, to reflect on, on what He has done, um, to take time to rejoice, to give thanks. If you need to write it down or make a small memorial for yourself or put a picture on the wall to remind you of that significant thing that God did or those significant things that He did this year. And I want to encourage you that 
you know, if you start with thanksgiving, we start giving God praise. Even in our own families, we just acknowledge, guys, you know, God did amazing things this year. And it's also such a blessing when you're spending time with family, maybe that you don't see often, to make a habit of, of sharing those things as well. Say, so, well, yeah, this, this, maybe this was a tough year in this way, but, but this is what God did. Um, and to, to reflect and to give thanks and to praise Him. Amen. So please take time for that. And then we looked at, little, we looked at you know, when we look forward, um, how we can, you know, look forward to the next year and, and, and say, okay, Lord, what, what is it that I want to grow in? So I just want to re- quickly recap on some of those scriptures. We read um, Psalm 103. I just want to quickly read a bit of that again. As we look back, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And uh, yeah, so as you look back, forget not all that he has done, all his benefits, uh, what he has done, what he has forgiven, what he has delivered you of this year, what he has added, what he has blessed you with, um, and, and speak of it and declare it. And then we looked at this incredible scripture in 3 John 2, which I quickly want to read. Um, Beloved, I pray, this is, and remember, this is the, the way the Father looks at us and the way that he, that this is on his heart for us. He says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. So he, um, John is conveying this, this thing that is on the Father's heart, that it's his prayer and his design is that in every way we may succeed and prosper and be in good health. And, and yeah, I remember I challenged us to think, to, to realize, to, to embrace that that the Father has for us, that it's in every way that He wants us to prosper. Sometimes, you know, we think, oh, I messed up in this area of my life, so maybe, maybe God doesn't want me to prosper in that area, or maybe it's because of the stuff of the past that, that I'm, you know, that God is maybe, I'm, I've been disqualified to prosper in this thing. But God, God doesn't work like that. Amen? That once we've processed, once we've, repented once we've turned from stuff he he wants us to prosper in those things he wants us to prosper in every way um yeah so we looked at how can we look back on the year and remember i said take 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 a couple of these every ways of you of yours you know the things in your life that you deem most important and just do a do a, a sober reflection you know, that we looked at that scripture um, that says in Galatians 6 says, Take, test, test yourself, test your, and you know, look at your life and, and make, not, not in terms of getting depressed, but saying, Where, where are the things that I want to grow in? What is, the, what is the stuff that I'm not, where, where are the areas that I'm not prospering in? And I, I want to actually trust God to prosper in. And, 
And you can even score yourself if you want to. Or you can just put a figure there just to compare. But then identify one or two and say, Lord, this and these things, I want to prosper in this new year. I want to grow in them. And I thought for today, um, I want us to look a little bit more practically at some of at how we can do that. You know, we looked at uh, Romans 12 as well. Uh, let me read that quickly. Verse 2 and 3. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And um, so how, how does this transformation happen? We looked at how, you know can we which areas can we create um, healthy habits and areas of you know body soul and spirit remembering that we are made of three parts right we have this body our, our earth suit that will not last forever uh, and we have a soul our mind and our intellect our emotions which will last forever that's good news I mean. <laughs> And then we have a spirit that we are primarily a spirit being. God says He is spirit. God is spirit and He has created us in His image. So we are primarily spirit. And that is our eternal being. Um, but when we are thinking about our health and how we want to grow and how we want to uh, become more like Christ, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a healthy way to approach it is to think of those three things. Think, okay, how can I grow in my health spiritually? How can I grow emotionally, mentally, and how can I also be healthy physically? And, um, yeah, I just, I want us to look at a couple of ways we can um, create habits that are pleasing to the Lord. And I'm preaching on myself again. You know, often we, we get to the beginning of the new year, and I don't know if you're like me, then you have a bunch of great ideas and hopes and dreams but unless we get very intentional around them, uh, you know, we find ourselves halfway through the year and like, oh, what happened to that? Or, what happened to that plan? Um, so I thought, let's, let's have a look at it right at the end of the year. And if you have time, you know, make time in this last bit or the beginning of the new year, make time to sit and reflect and time to pray and time to wrestle with God and say, Lord, what are the things that I want to grow in? And then by the time the, the, the new year hits us, you know, sometimes we hit the ground running so fast that we, we, don't, we don't feel we have time for these things. But while you have a bit of time now, I want to really encourage you to, to pray through these things. And uh, one place in Scripture where we can see somebody that is, was a really disciplined person and with great habits is in the life of Daniel. And, uh, yeah, if you remember the story of Daniel, he is one of the young guys that was taken away captive by the Babylonians and they, I mean, they destroyed all of Jerusalem and they took, a, took all these um, guys captive and he was one of them. He was a young, I think he was a teenager. And the idea was that, you know, he, the king uh, of the Babylonians, he, he selected a whole bunch of the most gifted men that he could find and his idea was to, to train them up in the ways of the Babylonians. 
to brainwash them, to, to indoctrinate them so that they could then lead uh, their people. But we see in the life of Daniel, specifically some of his friends, that they were disciplined and in such a way that they could not be indoctrinated. They could not be um, torn away from the ways of God which, in which they grew up. And just one of the places where we see this, um, the power of the habits in Daniel's life is where you know, all the, the, the guys that were competing with Daniel, because he was, he was appointed in a, at one point a very an important role in the kingdom, and there was a bunch of the locals that were very you know, jealous of him. So they schemed and thought of ways how they could get rid of this Daniel guy. And they managed to convince the king to decree this law that, that you could pray to nobody except the king. And then they'd obviously they realized because they, they could find nothing fault. They could find nothing to pin on Daniel. So they thought we'll have to find, we have to create something to get him in trouble, right? And then uh, Daniel 6 verse 10, now this law had been decreed, and Daniel just went about his normal business. And he says, yeah, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house. We had, had windows in this upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. This was a habit. This was clearly something that was part of his life. This is not something that he started that day. This was what his habit, one of the habits. And, and it's, you know, one, it doesn't say specifically, but I can imagine that this habit that he had had such a huge impact on who he was able to be in that very difficult position that he was in. He was the, basically the king of, uh, the, in charge of all the, the witch doctors and soothsayers. <laughs> Can you imagine having a job like that? But he had this habit of seeking the face of God three times a day, praying, being intimate with the Father. And I can just imagine that that played a huge role in him staying sensitive to the Holy Spirit, staying in the presence of God, even through in the midst of that crazy time in his life. And so they did accuse him, and he was thrown into the lion's den. You know the story. And uh, the Lord closed the angels, the Lord sent angels, they closed the mouths and the lines, and he survived. Um, but this habit, he continued in. And, and all of this that happened um, had such a powerful effect, powerful effect of even demonstrating to the king who the real and living God is. I mean, and we see that throughout his life. So, how can small habits. You know, we cannot underestimate how one small habit, how God can use one small habit to, to transform us and to change our lives in a very powerful way. And look at the, you know, when we, when we do a kind of exercise like what we said, we list a few important things and we kind of rate yourself. Uh, one of, I remember years ago at Bible school we did this exercise you wrote down the most important relationships in your life, okay? It's a good exercise to do, to think, okay, what are, the, what are the relationships in my life that I deem most significant and most important? And obviously as a believer, we, you know, our relationship with God is right up there. But what are those relationships? And then the next step would be to say, okay, can you 
write down how much time you spend with that person every week. How much time do you invest into that relationship every week? And that, I remember that was, a, that was an eye-opener, right? Because we, we, okay, we reckon, okay, this is important. And then we actually we, we look at how much time am I investing. Sometimes that, that doesn't add up, right? So if you do that kind of exercise, say, okay, what is important to me? And am I, am I prospering in this thing that is important to me? Um, you know, we, how, how to think, how can I, what healthy habits can I create around this, these things that I want to grow in? Because it's one thing to say at the beginning of the year, I want to grow, I hope, I hope I can be a better dad this year, or I hope I can be a better leader at my workplace, or I, I have a hope in my heart, I want to grow to be more like Christ in the way that I, whatever, the way I do my work or in the way I lead my family. or That's a great start. We have a hope in our heart. Amen? Because we see God wants us to prosper, right? So this is the, the heart of the Father for us to prosper in all things. And then we have, we have this hope stirred in us that, yes, we want to prosper. But that hope is not enough to, uh, for us to be actually, to, to see the transformation that Romans talks about. It says they be transformed by the renewing of, our, of your mind. So the hope is important. That's an important first step. But the, for us to, be, to see the transformation that, that happens, that Scripture talks about, we need to be really intention, intentional about a few things. Um, so I want to just mention a couple of things. And I really trust the Holy Spirit to inspire us in it, um, so that we can be intentional in having our minds renewed about where we're going and who we are. Um, and I just want to link with what Pastor Philip was ministering about last week. If you missed out on that sermon, please have a listen to it. It's so powerful, all about how we are, our identity around, not necessarily about what we do or what our function in life is, but more around whose we are. Yes, who we are also, but that is founded and rooted in who we belong to and who, whose we are. Um, so please have a listen to that. It's going to really bless you. So to the, the place where we start in terms of creating habits you know, um, is, is the why. Have you, anybody read those? There's a bunch of those seven habits books. Seven, I don't know, different numbers, seven, eight, seven habits of highly effective people, a bunch of those books, very popular at one point. I'm not sure how popular they are now, but the, there's a bunch of those books out there, you know, and they're great, and they point you to ways that you create habits, good habits to have if you want to be an effective person, etc., etc. And uh, But a lot of those, or the, the reason why I want to change is different. And, you know, we find that that is absolutely at the core of why we want to change. It is, it, or as our desire to change is the why. Why do I want to grow? Why do I want to change? And for us as believers, that why is different to that of the world. Are you, are you, do you agree with me? For us as believers, the, the why behind why I want, you know, the change 
is different to that of the world. As believers, we, we, you know, I remember as a young believer, this, this completely transformed my life where I realized that the, the reason for me being here is different to that of the world. That there, it's not about something that I can achieve, achieve or success in a worldly context. It's, it's something to do with the, the created purpose, the reason why God has put me here on this planet. And as a young person, I remember wrestling with that, saying, Lord, why? Why did you put me here? What is the purpose that you have for my life? And it's such a great thing to wrestle with God about. You know, and as, as you connect with God, as you grow in intimacy with God, you grow in your understanding that, you're, that there's a purpose for me being here. And it's closely linked to who I am in Christ. All right? So the why is different. The why has to do with I want my life to glorify the Father. <clears throat> I want to honor God in what I do. And I want to position or steer my life. And, well, I'm, a, I'm following Christ in a way that pleases Him. According to the purposes and the plans that He has for me. Are you with me? So the, for us as believers, that is a big thing to wrestle through. To say, Lord, I realize that the why for me is not to have a secure retirement one day or not to be the richest guy on the block or not to achieve worldly wealth or success the why for us is different how can i please god how can i honor god amen are you with me so there's a whole we can obviously do a whole message on that on its own but that is a key to to wrestle through that first to say lord what is the why for me um and uh i read this quote this week, the, the real and lasting change isn't behavior modification, that it's spiritual, spiritual transformation. So that transformation that we're talking about starts when, not when we start modifying behavior, but we start with the why, and we start seeing the transformation on, on a spiritual level as well. Okay. And then, second question we have to ask is, is the who, and that's a lot of what Philip was chatting about last week. Because this is such a key. The, um, we do what we do because of um, who we think you, we are. Another thing I read this, this week. You do what you do because of what you think of you. So the, the, the way we act, the way we live, is closely linked to what we believe about ourselves. Amen? Right, so what we believe in our hearts, what we, um, what we think about and meditate on, the stuff that we carry on the inside, we believe about who we are, that shapes what we do, what we say, how we live. Are you with me? So that is a big part of changing and being transformed and, and becoming like Christ. Is saying, am I looking at myself in the same way that... God does? Am I talking to myself in the way that God talks to me? Can I think this guy is not so lucky? How often do you talk to yourself? But we, we all do that, and it's, it's healthy. We see that in Scripture. We see da David talking to his soul and speaking truth and life. And it's so important for us to, when we, to look at what's going on in our thought life and in our heart and to say, okay, am I thinking and saying 
the same things that God is saying over me. And if there's one thing, if that's one thing you decide to, to grow in this year, to, to say, Lord, show me what you are saying over me and help me to say the same thing, then I, I can promise you your life will be transformed. To stop believing everything you think and to start to believe what God says over your life and over who you are. Are you with me? And that most of that we can find in Scripture. Obviously, the Holy Spirit speaks uh, words over us, words of life over us. But start by finding the Scripture. Start by engaging with the Scripture. Say, what does Scripture say about me as a, as a child of God? What does God speak over me? Okay? <clears throat> so that's the who. Who I am. And, and that, that who and who I believe I am in Christ, that identity who, that starts in whose I am, as Philip was saying, that's where it's rooted and grounded in, in my identity in Christ. That shapes why I want to change as well. So, okay, Lord, this is who you've created me to be. This is what you say over me. But I realize there are some areas of my life where I'm still on my way there. Amen? I'm not completely there yet. All right. So when we are born again, we, we receive a new identity, we are changed, we are renewed, we, have, we receive new life, and we have changed our direction. We've, we're going one direction and we decide to follow Christ. We turn around 180 degrees and we go in a different direction. We, we've chosen to follow Christ. But the reality is the spirit is new, but the body and the soul is still the old body and soul, Right? So there's some realities we have to deal with, some old habits and old ways. And on this journey of following Christ, we call this the process of sanctification because that stuff has to change. Okay? So on this journey of sanctification, we, become, we start becoming more like Christ. We start to change the way we think. We start to change the way what we believe. We start to change the way we speak and we act so I want to encourage you, if you, as you're studying the scripture and say, well, this is what God says over me, and he talks about the, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, and you read those things, the fruit of having the Spirit of God in your life, and you think, oh, Lord, yes, this sounds so amazing, but the reality is I'm not a patient person. You know? Or, or Yo, this Lord, I, I want to I be more like this, but at this, at this point in time, if I have to be really honest, I, I'm, I, you know, I struggle with some of these. And the point is then just to realize but that we are still on that path of being transformed. We have not yet arrived, okay? So a big part of us wanting to grow in Christ is realizing, wow, that is what God has created me for. This is what he says over me. I want to grow in that direction. Does that make sense? I want to become more like him. So um, in terms of so, yeah, it starts in, the, in the, the why for the glory of God, to honor Him and to walk in His purpose and His plan. The who is who I am in Him and, and connecting with what is it that He's, who does He say that I am and whose that he's, does He say that I am. Really connecting with that identity that we have in Him. And then, and then very practically, I want to look at one or two things of how can we come to a point like Daniel did where small habits 
make big changes in our lives. Small things have a massive impact. And um, so what is, the, what is the what part of this transformation? Um, okay, now we remember that um, we've, the identity that we have in, in God is transforming us, okay? That identity that we receive. But it's also empowering us to do the will of God. So before we get to the what, we must realize that we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to be transformed. Because when we tackle this transformation process in our own strength, things just go pear-shaped and badly wrong. It's not nice. Okay? So on this journey, we realize, okay, I'm, I can't just treat this like a self-help manual. I have to trust the power of the Holy Spirit in me to be able to, to empower me in this process of transformation. Amen. Are you with me? Okay. Right, so I just want to read from First Timothy chapter four. Verse eight says here, for physical training is of some value, but godliness, spiritual training, is of value in everything and in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. So yes, it is good for us to be healthy physically, train our bodies to do what we want to do in terms of being healthy physically, do a sport or habit, have a, you know, hobbies around that. For physical training is of some value, but it says godliness, spiritual training, is of value in everything and in every way. So much more important, you know, often we think, oh, I'm gonna, this year I'm going to train for a marathon or I'm going to get in a habit of going for a run three times a week. Great habits to start. But then he says, yes, spiritual training is of value in everything and in every way. So I want to encourage us that these small habits can have massive impacts in the way that we grow in our, in our spiritual lives, and in our relationship with God. Okay. So then based on the who, based on who you want to become, who's that, what is that, part of your identity in Christ that you want to grow in, based on that, the question this morning is, what is one small habit that you and I can start? One small habit. All right, to, to, and this is what I want to encourage you to go and wrestle around. Based on that who... Wrestle a bit about and they say, what is one small habit that I want to start to get me there, to get me one step closer? And I, I want to give you a bunch of examples, okay? So maybe, um, it's, a, it's, not, it's, it's important to start small. Because it's, it's not great to say, okay, I have the longest distance that I've run is 5Ks, but I want to run a marathon by next week, Tuesday, or whatever, by the end of the month. That's, that's going to be unlikely. Okay, so that's not the best way to approach it. Or to say, I have a, I want to, and I have a goal to pay off my mortgage by the end of January. Um, something like that. So, so obviously, it's important to just make it achievable, make it small, make it, um, and it's actually, Scripture tells us not to despise that small beginning, right? So start small, um, and for instance, if you decide, I want to 
become a more disciplined person, then one small habit could be I will no longer make use of the snooze button. All right. I will cancel, I will remove that functionality. <laughs> no more smooth snooze option. So, or you could say, I want to be more intimate with God. So I want to I wanna set priorities in the way that I spend time in the scripture. So you could say, one small habit will be Bible before social media. Or Bible before any, any media. Right? That could transform some lives. Amen? Saying this is one small thing I want to do. For some of you, this feels like an impossible thing. But you, remember, the, God, the Lord is the God of impossible. Right? So Bible before Facebook or Bible before checking stuff on social media, for many of us, that will be transformative in its, on its own. So if, you wanna, if, that, if that's your thing, you want to be more uh, intimate with God, then that could be a small habit um, to start, or if you want to, if, if you decide, I want to leave, this is again, you all base it on the who, right? I want to be somebody that leaves a spiritual legacy. Then maybe that means that my one small habit will be to say, okay, I want to pray with my children every day. Maybe whatever, what's it, whatever's practically, what, what night before they go to bed, but I want to I start with one small habit, okay? Or if I want to be a better leader at work, so that might mean I'm going to start one small habit. I'm going to send one encouraging message to somebody that is in my team per day. Very achievable, very simple. Start with one small habit. Say, so I want to become a, a better leader at work. I want to be more, I want to connect better with my team, so I'm going to send one message per day. And you see that that is, it's, it's not a huge thing. It's, it's something that's achievable. But what is it doing? It's, it's taking a step into the direction that you want to go into is to be a better leader at work. Okay? For instance, um, I want to um, be a, a good example. I want to be, be a good role model for my teenager. So that might mean we're going to read a Bible app, reading Bible, reading plan together, something like that. We're going to read every day, we're going to have a bit of a discussion, have a bit of a chat about it, um, but there are, once, there are small habits that we can um, create, small steps that takes, uh, take us into the direction that we believe God is taking us into. Okay, so you can pull that into the direction of health as well. I want to be, look after my physical body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, so that might mean that one small step or that one small habit said, I'm going to cut out soft drinks or sugar. For some, that's not a small step, but I think for me that will also be a big, big one. But something like that can have a huge impact. Amen? Um, okay. So let's look at the practical things. How do we create new habits? Okay. So these are, these are, bunch of different ways that guys communicate this in different books, but the basic cycle of our habits is it's not on there. Um, but it's, it starts with a, a cue, they call it different things, but this is the, 
basic cycle, right? There's a cue, there's a craving, there's a response, and there's a reward. Okay, so the cue, for instance, let's give you a fleshly example. So we were living in England, not far from our house. There was a from our house there was a Krispy Kreme bakery place. Yes, the way they make the stuff. And the way it works there is that there's a light outside, a red light. And when it's on, it means they've just gotten some fresh donuts out of the oven. Yeah. So a cue would be if you're driving past and you see the red light, you just should just turn. You didn't think about it. You didn't have a discussion about it. You didn't plan it. But when you see the light, your car just turns. Okay, that, that, that's, the, that's the cue. Okay, so the cue is the light and the craving, obviously. But if it happens enough, it just goes, and you're in there, and you park. And you, when you look again, you've, um, you've sinned. Any case, but, the <laughs> but those fresh ones, you know those, those ones that have just got the glazing or nothing, nothing fancy, just the basic one? When it's just out of the oven, it's really something else. Not the ones that you get at the garage. I'm not talking about those. Been there for two weeks. Not those ones. <laughs> anyway, I must, I must just confess something. And I once, before we had kids, we were on our way to a church camp. We were very spiritual. And um, we had been fasting for the camp. Incredibly spiritual people. And we drove past this place. And then we, we bought... I don't know, there weren't that many, but they were crazy. They had these fillings in them. We didn't, ha we didn't have them before, so we didn't realize how hectic these things are. And then we, for the first time, we bought something with a filling in them. And I think we were sick for the whole weekend, because that is just too much. In any case, uh, we, we learned from that one. So there's a cue, there's a craving, there's a response. So the response is the action. And then there's a reward, okay, the sugar rush, or the, and hopefully a positive thing, okay? So the, one of the key things in creating, creating a new habit is to make it obvious for yourself. And that is to help you with the cue. So just take a random example. If you want to be more healthy, you know, take some vitamins every morning. Don't hide the vitamins in your medical drawer or something, medicine drawer, put them next to your toothbrush. It's just making it obvious. In your face, right there, next to my toothbrush. Oh yes, my vitamins, this, there we go, finished, easy. It's obvious. Bible, if I want to spend more time in the Word, and the first thing that you do in the morning is your coffee, then put your Bible on your coffee maker. There it is. Can't miss it. Don't hide it in your drawer. You want to make it obvious, there it is. Oh yes, this is my cue. I'm going to take my coffee and my Bible together. You see? And then, so make it easy for yourself. If you want to, if it means you have to put a reminder on your phone, stick something on your car dash or on your screen at work, make it in your face, make it obvious, because that's going to help you with the cue. Amen. Are you with me? Like okay. All right, so make the cues obvious, make it easy for yourself um, so that you, you know, be intentional with that part because that first bit's going to be tough, starting a new habit, 
growing to be godliness, growing to be more like Christ. The first, the first few weeks are the most difficult. All right, so make it easier for yourself. Uh, so make it easy. Also, the second way is make it easy. So lower the threshold, lower the the expectation and the target to a place that it's achievable, because you can grow in it. Okay. So for instance, if you have a desire to be to journal, to, to be more intentional in terms of processing what God tells you. So it's like, I, I realize I'm, I'm hearing from God, but I'm not, I'm not processing it well. So maybe you need to start journaling. Amen? So that might mean, but for some of us, that we're, not, that's not, we're not natural journal people. So for some it might mean, I want to start a new habit to start journaling. So buy yourself a journal, put it there next to the coffee machine, but then a new Bible, but then put yourself a target, say, I'm going to journal one sentence every day. Easy. Easy, achievable. It's obvious, it sticks to the coffee machine, it's with my Bible, I'm going to write one sentence. And you know what's cool? Is that if you write one, chances are you're probably going to write two. Or... But if you've, if you've put it out for yourself to say, I'm going to write one sentence, then it's achievable, it's within your grasp. And the, a part of that, to make it easy, is to say it's, it's going to be possible within two minutes. One of the, well, some of the clever guys that have done the research around these habit things is, at the beginning, you must try as hard as you can to make that first step achievable within two minutes. So reading the Bible for two minutes... It might, you might think, yuck, this is way too little, and maybe it is, but if that's what you start with, then hallelujah, then next week you know, you'll be on five minutes, and then you're going to be on ten minutes, and then you're going to be in half an hour. But start with at least two. Are you with me? Same with the journaling. So make it one sentence. Make it practical, achievable in two minutes. Or if you have a desire to start to pray with your spouse, maybe it's not some, a habit that you have in your house. Say, so, okay, but... How do we start this now? Um, this is awkward. How, do, how are we going to do this? Uh, start with something simple. Make it achievable. Make it obvious. And they say, let's just hold hands and give thanks for one thing together. Two minutes. Amen? And then you know what? If you, if you take that one step, small step, two minutes, and guess what? Then next week it's going to be natural and you're going to grow in that. And if you look again... Those two minutes will, will, be, will grow. Amen? Are you with me? So make it obvious for yourself. Help yourself with the cues. Make it easy. You know, make it practically doable in two minutes. If, for instance, if you start wanting to be healthy, don't start with 100 push-ups if you haven't been doing push-ups. Like me. Okay? Well, a friend of mine, him and his boys, they're starting pull-ups now. And he said to me the other day, uh, it's tougher than I thought. I, you know, he's a, he's a big boy, big guy. He's quite a bit taller than me, and he used to play lock, so he's a big guy. So he said, pull-ups are not so easy when you've got a bit of weight <laughs> to lift. But start, don't start with a goal of 20 pull-ups, okay? Start with one, a proper pull-up. Or if you start with push-ups, start with five. It's, again, achievable in two minutes. It is achievable in two minutes, I mean... But don't start with, I'm going to do what I did when I was doing basic training, which we did a ridiculous amount of push-ups in a very short time. Don't start there. Start with something small. Two minutes, five push-ups. 
Next week you might be on 8 or 20 or something. Amen? Or if you start running, don't start, I'm going to start with 10 Ks. <laughs> make it, make it start small. Let's read that scripture. Uh, Zechariah 4 is the first bit of verse 10. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Amen? Isn't this cool? The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. As a dad, I can really relate to this. When I see my kids start something in the right direction, it really, I rejoice in that. Amen? I see, wow, look at that. Look at them getting going. So don't despise it if it's small. Don't think this is insignificant. Don't think this is too little. You do not underestimate what God can do through one small habit. And for some of us, like I said, if it's, if it's the Bible before anything else, that is going to change your life forever. For some of us, it might mean saying, okay, we as a family, we want to get closer to God. We want to um, you know, get closer to His purpose for us as a family. It might mean we're going to make a decision for this coming year to say we're going to uh, make the gathering of the saints a priority as a family. Because that's a, as a thing, that's a family commitment, right? But to say, we want to be closer to God, so that means we're going to make it a priority to get to church and to get to small group. Because we want to see that growth in us as a family. Amen? So that's um, small steps, deliberate in, you know, how we want to be transformed, how we want to grow closer to God. Hebrews 10, 25 speaks about, do not neglect the gathering of the saints together, as some have done since COVID. Right? <laughs> uh, that last bit I added, obviously. But uh, that is a powerful way. It's a powerful habit that we as a family, that as families we can create to say, this is, this is going to transform us as a family. We're going to make it achievable. We're going to make it obvious. We're going to encourage ourselves as a family, and we're going to go make it a priority. When the saints are gathering, we're going to be there. Okay. All right. So this morning I want to encourage us that you know, if we look at the hopes and the dreams that we have normally at the beginning of the year, I want to say go for it. Have those hopes, have those dreams, but take that extra step and be intentional about the transformation that Romans talks about, having our minds renewed, being transformed, being changed into the image of Christ. And those small habits... You know, when we do those small habits in faith, saying, Lord, we, I need your strength here, I need your uh, power of your spirit in this thing, you will be amazed to see what God does through those small habits. Habits around the scripture, habits around growing in godliness, habits around serving in our church, or whatever it is that God lays in your heart. God can do incredibly powerful things through those things. And then just one last uh, practical thing. Uh, they call it habit stacking. Um, it's really helpful. Is when you say, okay, based on the who, okay, based on my spiritual why, based on the who that I am in Christ, um, and, and now I'm at the what, I've made it obvious for myself, I've made it easy, 
And now we start stacking them together. We're making, making it automatic. Have you noticed, I don't know if younger people have this problem, but I've sometimes noticed if I get off, if I get on the on-ramp there near our house and I start driving this way on the highway, even when I'm not going to the office, often I find myself at the office. Like, I wasn't actually coming to the office, but because I do that every day, I literally go into autopilot. Am I the only one? Is there one or two here? I can just feel better about myself. Okay, so... So there, there are real things that we do every day that we do them so often and so regularly that we literally don't, we don't even realize we're doing them, okay? So when there are good habits, that's not a problem. But when they just, when we're starting to, when we want it to be, you know, create better habits, it's going to take some intentionality to make it automatic. So it doesn't become automatic on its own. There's a lot of repetition and intentionality that has to happen before it becomes automatic. So, for instance, so you've said, okay, I want to have Bible before the other stuff, so I'm, I'm putting the Bible at the coffee machine and the coffee and the Bible. Just, or you can be the Bible next to my cereal, okay? So you take your cereal or that very healthy breakfast that you're having and you take it together and you have your cereal and your Bible and you say, okay, I'm going to have my oats and I'm going to... Uh, read the Bible, and then I'm going to do five push-ups. So then, you, can you see what you're doing? You're having a healthy breakfast, you're reading the scripture, and then you're going to do five push-ups. So you're making it a, a progression. So, and you start a healthy routine, you're saying, okay, Lord, I'm starting with that. Not snooze button, healthy cereal, scripture, five push-ups. You say that to yourself, and when you look again, those, those become automatic. And when you look again, a couple of months' time, you have a healthy rhythm. Hallelujah. So check up with me in a couple of months' time, see how I'm doing. <laughs> but that by in itself, it's a good thing to have, is to have somebody in your small group or some a friend that can, can walk this road with you and say, how is it going with your one small habit? And then the next one. Amen. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So let's not despise these small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I just want to close again with that uh, 3 John. Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health. Just as I know your soul prospers. This is the heart of God. Amen. That we prosper in every way. That we will be transformed to into more into the image of Christ. So let's stand this morning. We're going to pray. Another great habit is when you come into church, so into church, phone off, listen to God. <laughs> so I don't know who that was, don't worry, no, no judgment. Um, but so it might not seem very spiritual, but I believe that as we, we do these little steps in faith, we're going to be amazed at what God does. All right? And I want to encourage you to spend some time, as you, as you reflect back, to also say, Lord, when I look forward what is it that I want to grow in, in my identity and growth? How can I, how can I grow? What is one small thing, 
one small habit. So I'm just going to take a few moments in prayer now. Maybe Holy Spirit dropped something in your spirit already about something that, that you can um, grow in. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we just we bring our hearts before now, before you now. Thank you that you are a good, good Father, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you right now minister to each heart, Lord, that saying, Oh Lord, you have called us by name, each one, sons and daughters of God, through faith in Christ. You've called us through Christ to be a part of your family. You've called us with a purpose and a plan. And it's your heart for us to prosper in all things. Holy Spirit, I pray you to stir our hearts with hope, with faith, Lord. But then also, Lord, that you help give us power by your Spirit to be intentional with small steps. To grow in godliness, to train ourselves in godliness, Lord. In Jesus' name. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you speak to every heart right now, Lord. Bring conviction, Lord. Bring encouragement. For some, Lord, I sense the Lord wants to take you, as you take time, this maybe this time of rest, this end of the year, I just sense that for some of you, God is inviting you to come up on the mountain with Him, like He did with Moses, to show Him the promised land. I sense for some, you have not been there with God for a while, but it's, I feel God is inviting you, the Father is inviting you to come to Go to a quiet place to make space for him to show you what he has in store. For you to be quiet in his presence. For him to show you maybe just a glimpse of what he has in store for you. His beloved. I sense for some of you it will transform your life forever. If you allow the, the Spirit of the living God to speak His purpose of your heart. To show you what He has planned for you. Some of it will just be a glimpse or just be a, an idea. But He's inviting you to make space and make time. To open your heart to what He has in store. To allow him to speak words of life, words of destiny, words of purpose over who you are. Because you belong to him. Because he has purchased, purchased you with the blood of Christ. He has paid a high price for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you have made this way for us through the blood of your Son. Thank you that you have made provision on the cross for every curse and every sin and every and shame that we carry. You have paid the price, Lord. As eyes are closed right now, if you are in this place and you do not have assurance of eternal salvation, in other words, you do not know for sure that you have a real living relationship with the living God, which result in the absolute peace about where 
what your eternal destiny looks like. And I, I want to make this invitation that the Father is drawing you close today and saying, this I have done for you. I've given my Son in your place to carry your cross, to carry your sin and your shame, to carry everything, all the curses, all the stuff as a result from us of our sin. He's carried on your behalf. So that you may have that relationship with the Father. So that you may know Him. Not know of Him, but know Him. Know His voice. Know His presence. Know His love. Know His forgiveness. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria. Pretoria.